It's planting season, and it's not too late to make sure your crops grow up fed and happy. Regardless of your spring crop, Fed and Happy offers a variety of worm-casting solutions in liquid and solid form to supercharge your soil, your yields, and your profitability. For fast, vibrant germination and seedling growth, mix your seed with Fed and Happy's screened granular castings pre-drilling. The Fed and Happy liquid seed treat and extracts offer the ideal mix of soluble solids loaded with living beneficial biology, mycorrhizal fungi, humates, and more. The Fed and Happy small spreadable castings are ideal for fast, easy soil incorporation. The large offer long-term stability and soil growth. But you don't have to figure this out on your own. Just call 833-GO-WORMS to speak with our farm team experts for a fast turnaround on a custom solution for your needs. Fare better against pests, disease, drought, and other potential hazards this season with Fed and Happy Worm Castings. Visit FedandHappy.com for a healthy harvest and any lawn, garden, and tree care needs. Available for pickup and on-farm delivery. That's F-E-D-N-Happy.com. Or call 833-GO-WORMS. Happy planting. Are you familiar with what Fish Post uh-huh. is? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. They, they supply us nano emulsion and we use it in a lot of our products. Uh-huh. And so we did a thing similar to what we're doing here, discussing cannabis, the future, technology. Uh, you know, because Nug's mission is the normalization of cannabis. We fully believe that you should be able to bring a six-pack of pre-rolls the same place you can bring a six-pack of beer. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, it is an intoxicating substance. It should be classified in the world of alcohol. You know, this isn't something – you should definitely not go get really stoned and drive. But you can yeah. come home after a long day at work, you know, get as quote, uh, you know, Caddyshack, get stoned to the bejesus – and feel great the <laughs> yeah. next day. And I'm living proof. I mean, I have a very intense job. You know, I handle, I juggle a lot of things. I handle a lot. You know, we're growing every day and dealing with all the trials and tribulations of the industry, learning regulations, things constantly change. So there's a lot of stress in my life. And, you know, you go home and have a nug pop and maybe one of our amazing concentrates and you're feeling pretty good, you know? Yeah. You don't need four martin- four, four or five martinis anymore. You just need a dab. Right. You know? Yeah. Or an adult popsicle. Or an adult popsicle, exactly. Welcome. You're listening to Casually Baked, the podcast. Home base for the can of curious. Thanks for tuning in. It's high time. We had a high time. Together. Together. Yes, it's high time. We had a high time. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe your host and cannabis lifestyle guide. Before I moved to Italy, I didn't have a lot of confidence in the kitchen. I needed to follow a strict recipe if I was going to cook. And I never wanted to cook for someone else. It made me feel nervous and super duper vulnerable. Except when I was baking edibles. I loved getting high and uninhibited in the kitchen to discover fun flavor combos. I'd create the perfect sweet and savory or rich and spicy stoner treats to share with my friends. Butterscotch pretzel cookies were one of my personal favorites, but I'd say that my chocolate bacon cupcakes were the showstopper. 
But I did make a lot of rookie mistakes when I first started experimenting in the kitchen with cannabis. And there were equally as many lessons I learned sharing those edible creations with my friends all those years ago. So if you've been afraid to experiment with edibles, this podcast is for you. But it's also for you seasoned edible lovers, because the cannabis market has evolved light years. And the new edible products on the market today, they aren't your college party brownies. Today's guest on the podcast shares his story from chef to medical cannabis patient to cannabis chef. As a two-time cancer survivor, Tyler Cook has firsthand knowledge of the healing powers of cannabis. With a deep passion to make things taste amazing, coupled with a love for all things cannabis, Tyler found his home as the Edibles Department Director at NUG, an Oakland-based, state-licensed, and vertically integrated California cannabis company. Tyler's creative approach and belief that he can medicate anything earned him the nickname Willy Wonka of Weed. So he seemed like a great choice to explore how your edibles experience is witnessing its own evolution. Grind a nug of your favorite and settle in. It's time to get casually baked. I got the bottle of wine, the high dollar kind. I got the West Coast smoke, but I better just take one. Tyler Cook, I'm so happy you are here joining me in the studio today. Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah, and thank you for the treats that you brought me. Um, I'm a big fan of Nug, and you know, the I was at the grand opening of your store in San Leandro, and you were slinging pizzas like we crazy busy. that day. We were busy. Yeah, so I didn't get a chance to talk to you, but um, I wanted to have you in the studio because the edibles industry is changing a lot. It's becoming so much more sophisticated. It has to. And I think it's really important for people to understand the difference between the things that they're baking at home Mm -hmm. versus the old school edibles that they were probably buying at the dispensary, you know, 15 years ago. And then how that's changed to what's on the market now, Mm -hmm. you know, and how that's, you know, hitting our system different and the variety of things available. And first, I want you to tell the Casually Baked Tribe a little bit about who you are and what inspired you to get into cannabis. Sure, absolutely. Uh, well, my name is Tyler Cook. I'm the Edibles Department Director for NUG. Uh, I'm also a classically trained professional chef. I've been in the food world for close to 20 years now. Um, done everything from open my own restaurants to go overseas and open restaurants and be an executive chef for a corporation over there, doing about 14 sites in New Zealand and Australia. Spent about two years doing that. That sounds fun. It was. It was a lot of work. It's very different to work over there just because of their mentality on things. You know, here in the States, it's deadline, get it done, let's go, budget, come on now, hurry, hurry, hurry. Uh Over there, they're like, hey, mate, it's Tuesday and the fish are running. You know, we'll be back on next Thursday, all right? (laughs) You're like, wait a minute, we got to get this restaurant open. Nah, well, no worries, mate. You know, we'll be there next week. (laughs) No, next week we open. Nah. I don't think so, mate. <laughs> See ya. I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah. What are you going to do? Totally um, So anyway, you know, I was in New Zealand, Australia, uh, and that was fun. But uh, growing up in basically the restaurant industry, I'd missed a lot of things. I'd missed a lot of 
home events. I'd missed a lot of funerals and weddings and just, just not being available. Cause you know, when you're in that world, weekends, holidays, that's when you're working. And when you're there, that literally is half a world away. It is. Yeah, it is. And so that was, that took me even farther away. So I said, you know what, I'm not missing anything else. And my grandfather got sick, who was very influential in my life. Uh, the cattle rancher I was telling you about earlier, uh, great man. And, uh, I said, no, I'm not missing this. I'm not going to, I'm going to be there. I'm going to take care of things. You know, I'm the oldest of my generation of the family. I kind of the leader and, uh, and uh, I was like, I'm not missing it. So I, got, I came home and luckily I'd done very well. So I didn't need to work for a while. And I was able to, for the last probably six, eight weeks of his life, take care of him. Uh, my wife is a, a paramedic, so it helped out. She did a lot of the medications and helped out with things. And we were over there three or four times a day. My grandmother's mm-hmm. amazing. But, you know, he was at home on hospice care and we had to, like, pick him up. It was rough. Um, but so that led me to... A moment of life where I needed to figure out what I was going to do next. Mm-hmm. And uh, we traveled across the country. Uh, we drew Route 66. We drove from California all the way to the Carolinas and back and saw a bunch of states and a bunch of amazing things in this country. I mean, I love this country. As screwed up as we are, there's no place like home. There's no place like yeah. the U.S. of A. And, uh, you know, take that for what it with. Whatever your political stance are, that's fine. I'm by far a political guy. Not That's not me. I just think that we have a amazing thing going here and a bunch of great people well and we all need to participate so that right. so and that it can it really, operate exactly. in the way it was intended exactly everybody needs to get out there and vote and vote pro cannabis and we'll be okay um so we did our road trip we you know we spent about six months just kind of figuring things out you know because we'd been in the restaurant industry and literally i didn't take days off for years at a time i mean seven days a week 12, 12, 15 hours a day for years. It wears you out. Yeah. Um, That's not good for I, your health. No, no. Well, we'll get to that. I ended up getting real <laughs> sick. Um, yeah, I had cancer twice. That was sort of the big pivotal point in my life. But that, that's a little farther down the road. So I come back from the New Zealand Australia gig and uh, do the family thing. Grandfather passes. We get grandma taken care of. We get the estate kind of where it needs to be. Make sure she had what she needed to carry on with her life. You know, financially and everything was set up. And uh and then it was just time for me to move on, basically. And uh, we, that was up in Northern California in, in rural areas. So there's not a lot going on up there. And I have family there, but, mm, you know, it's not that far away. Uh, so we decided, you know, that we love the Bay Area. We love the ocean. We love the people. We love the vibe here. We love the movement. And I love anywhere there's a lot of smart people. And there is mm-hmm. nothing but smart people in the Bay Area. You got to be. You got to be smart and you got to be willing to work to live here, right? That's I mean, look, right. Look what it costs us to live here. That's right. Three jobs. Oh, God. Well, I, I basically <laughs> work three jobs just all for Nug. Um, but so I put my resume out there and I was really lucky. I got hired by three companies in two days. Uh, I got hired by a company that um, does a, one of the top restaurant chains in the Bay Area my, by the Mina Group, uh, the Center Plate Group, which handles a lot of the VIP boxes and stuff at the stadiums. And then I got hired by a company called Andros Rostil that was a catering outfit that did tech companies. And it was a very interesting thing because you could still be a chef. You could still kind of be wearing the whites and walking around and you'd be Mr. Bobby Flay. But I still don't work Monday through Friday. And I'm like, what? There's no weekends? So they're like, oh, well, occasionally, but normally no. And they're like, and you're usually home by five. And I'm like, huh? That's awesome. Like, what? You know? <laughs> so I took it. And I did that for about two years. And... um progressed up, you know, the chain was doing really well. You know, we had pretty much every app in your phone at one point or another, we fed them, which was pretty interesting. Uh-huh. And, you know, I'm talking Lyft and Eventbrite and the big guys, you know, we, yeah. we were feeding them. It was, it was cool. Uh, and then I got sick and, um, you know, I, you know, you get that lump and you're like, what is that? And then it hurts. And you're like, eh. You know, you don't deal with it. I'm not a go to the doctor kind of guy. Finally I did. Um, and I went in on a Friday, got the test and uh, when a doctor calls you at 4.30 on a Friday, it's not good. 
So same day that I, same day I saw the doctor, got the test and got a call. So you can kind of tell where I was at, you Mm -hmm. know? So we had that conversation. I'll never forget it. And that changed my life. Um, So I went through the whole process. I wasn't doing cannabis yet. I I did the chemo, the radiation, all the drugs, everything. And uh, for lack of a better term, I got addicted to freaking painkillers from the surgeries and stuff. And it wasn't from overtaking them. It was just literally taking them as they were prescribed. But when I felt better and I wasn't hurt anymore, I just stopped. And all of a sudden I was, what is, what's going on? Because I'd never been through. Oh, yeah. And you were going through some serious withdrawals. Boy, howdy. I mean, I was shaking and I was just, I was not good. And I went, this never again. Unfortunately... Chemotherapy is a drug that's very specifically designed for certain kinds of cancer. There's like different, it's like a different bullet for a different gun, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the bun, the shot that killed the first cancer I had, unfortunately, activated another cancer, which is one of the side effects of chemo. So here we go again. A little wiser this time, if there is a term, you know, a veteran of, of, of cancer. Yeah. And uh, so I'm like, okay, we're going to go through on this road again. We know what's coming up. Uh, I'm not going the opioids route again. And so I talked to my oncologist and I said, you know, I'd really like to try what other options. They said, would you be interested in cannabis? I said, absolutely. You know, and it wasn't at that point, it wasn't, I'd ever had anything against cannabis. It was just, I'd worked in corporate environments. I had been an athlete. I'd been a lot of stuff that cannabis was no bueno. Yeah. It had a rap. It had a rap. And it wasn't that it was a bad rap. It was just that you can't do it. You get tested, you get fired. Well, you know, okay. Well this time, you know, now your life's on the line. This is the second time. Who knows if it's going to be, this is it or not. And I went, I'm going, all, I'm going all out. I'm going to figure this out. So I started off with some tinctures and some uh, ACDC strain, which was a heavy CBD strain. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got a little more into it and started blending my own strains and, you know, being a chef, figuring out a better recipe. And that got me through the second round. I had very similar surgeries. Uh, they went in almost through the similar locations and things. And I got better probably 10 times as fast on cannabis than I did on the pharmaceuticals. It's back to work. That's uh, such great anecdotal evidence to be able to share uh, yeah. with someone where Change. you're like, I had the same experience mm-hmm. two different ways, mm-hmm. and this is how my body reacted. And I, I find myself a pretty educated and convincing guy when I'm posh, passionate about something, and I'm passionate about this because mm-hmm. firsthand experience, it, it will save your life. And as I was telling you earlier, you know, I go home now, um, and it, it just the culture, the restaurant industry, the bar industry, what I did, it was always go home couple of shots, couple of drinks, chill out, take the edge off. Now I hardly drink anymore. I feel so much better, losing weight, feel great. And all I do is cannabis. You yeah. know? I mean, I still, I still have a cocktail from here yeah. and there. But, you know, I know, because it's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's Friday so, afternoon. It feels like we're having a beer, right. but it's high fi hops. And yeah, and that yeah. kind of leads me into to what I, when I got to Nug is, you know, what really intrigued me about them is um, the mission is to normalize cannabis. And uh, well, back up a little bit. So how I got hired at Nug, kind of to round the story out, friend of a friend, uh, was Nug was kind of in its infancy. And I he, remember that. Yeah, he says, hey, you know, we know you've got the chops and the experience to do this. Are you interested in working cannabis? And I said, okay. So I started off on a 90-day contract. That was over two years ago. I just fell in love. I know this is where I'm supposed to be. Um, I'm bringing everything I got every day from every neck of experience that I have to make the world's greatest uh, edibles creation. I mean, we're not just making chocolate bars and brownies here. Uh, we make a lot of chocolate bars, but yeah, you do. They're uh, uh, they're pretty damn good, and we put a lot of science and effort and passion and quality of ingredients and technique, just like a chef would, into everything we make. And using those lessons with some trial and error has got us to some of these new products that are coming out that are taking the stigma off edibles where, you know, we've all had that bad edibles experience. We've all had that one where you ate that 
little brownie and you were screwed up for a week. Um, and that's just because people don't quite understand dosing or extraction techniques. And also it's because of the, the, the equipment things they have available to them. Mm-hmm. Where we're different is we have, well, testing out the kazoo. And I know right down to the milligram how many I'm putting into everything. It's just a math equation for us. And so we use that combined with good techniques and amazing equipment to produce these fabulous chocolate bars, all the things we're making, the Otter Pops, the hard candies that are coming out, um, and then all the stuff we make for everyone else. Um, it's, it's amazing because our stuff's so accurate. But you get back to the home cook that might be taking and ate the flour, cooking it in some butter, and that doesn't always turn out very well. You know, I just to do real basic math, if you get an eighth, 3.5 grams, if it's 20%, that means that there's 200 milligrams for every gram. Okay, so let's just do some rough math. Let's say there's 600, 700 milligrams of Delta 9, which is the activated cannabis that actually gets you high, available in your flower. You decarb it, you activate it, blah, blah. Now you might activate some more Delta 9 because you've converted what's called THCA to Delta 9. Okay, so now it might even be stronger. Who knows? You take that and you do your butter extraction, however you do it. Say you got 50%. Now you've got a 350 milligram cup of butter, okay? You put that whole cup into one batch of brownies, right? Now you've got 10 brownies at 350 milligrams, you're gonna be 30 something milligrams of pop. It doesn't sound like a lot, but if you don't mix it right, you could end up with 100 milligrams in one brownie and none in the other, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you yeah. can also... Um... Keep going. Okay, you can also... Uh, end up with potentially more milligrams than that because like I said if you activated more THCA you could have 800 milligrams in that puppy right and now you've got you've got a freaking grenade in your hand of a little brownie and the problem with edibles is the bioavailability hasn't been changed till me till some of the stuff we've done now where an edible might take 35 45 minutes an hour to hit you right so you might eat too many I've got a, a fabulous story on that point. One of the first times I made edibles, this is kind of, while well, I'm doing the cancer thing, I made Rice Krispie treats. They were fabulous. I used to make those a lot. <laughs> That's right. Everybody, mm-hmm. Every kid, right? And I'm a fat kid. Well, so. I meant th- no. the infused ones. Okay. I would sell them at, nice. at music festivals in Perfect. Austin. <laughs> yeah, I could see that because they're quick and yeah, they're light and yeah, uh, wonderful. So I made a batch of brown. I had no idea. Basically, everything that I just said, I made every one of those mistakes because I didn't know any of that stuff yet. I made this pan of Rice Krispies, and I ate one, you know, two-inch, two-inch square, a mini one, popped it, no big deal. All right, cool. Hanging out, 20 minutes. Didn't understand the concept of how long it took to hit you, so I ate another one. Didn't think about it. Whatever, cool. Go on my business. We're having a barbecue, hanging out. Well, I'm a chubby guy. I walked by. There's Rice Krispies. I ate another one. So now I've eaten three. Then Did you forget the third time? Pretty much. Okay. So it had already started to hit you then. Not quite yet. Not <laughs> quite yet. And so here it gets even more funny. Uh, we, I remember how we had to go somewhere. So I'm jumping in the shower and I started giggling. And then I started giggling because I was giggling. And then I started laughing at myself because I was laughing at myself. It was probably an hour long shower of just hysterical laughter. But nevertheless, I was incapacitated. Like I was having a great time. But don't ask me to do anything productive right then. Yeah. Right? And so I went, wow, okay, this stuff's powerful. You got to learn how to dose it. Well, fast forward now to my everyday life is figuring out ways to get accurate medication to people in doses that they can not only understand, but easily ingest and give them the dosing that they're after. 
um, you know, Nug's thing is kind of four heads by heads. We are all cannabis enthusiasts. We are very passionate about our craft. A lot of the things we make tend to lean towards the more get you high, except for the edibles, because we're only, we're limited to a hundred milligrams per package, no matter what. So every chocolate bar, every bag of pops, every, everything can only have 100 milligrams of active Delta 9 in it. So it's a little limited right there, you know, because 100 milligrams compared to, say, a dab or something is, you know, yeah. one little concentrate of, 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 say, you know, lime train wreck could have 700 milligrams in it, right? Well, one of my chocolate bars can only have 100. So that regulation is good, but getting it accurately mixed and accurately portioned and have people understand how to take it was the first step. But then we were still struggling with, wow, it takes a while before you get hit by these. How can we fix that? So we started doing research. The key is bioavailability. The key is getting the cannabinoid broken down to a small enough point that it's easily accessible in your body. Right. When you eat a chocolate bar, it's going to be rat. There's going to be chocolate and nuts and fats and sugars and all this stuff in there. And as it goes through your system, all that stuff's got to get broken down and separated. And then your body's got to grab those cannabinoids. So it goes through your digestive tract, into your stomach, gets processed. Then it's got to go through your liver. And we all know the liver's there to scrub stuff out. Mm-hmm. So if you ate, say, 100 milligrams of THC chocolate bar, you might only get 30 or 40 milligrams of active that hits you because your body filtered out the rest of it. And it could take an hour. No, that's just too many variables, especially for someone who's new to the game, right? Because the recreational market, we're seeing new people come into cannabis and dabble into cannabis all the time. So what do we do there? How do we fix that? How do we get it where people can get an edible and trust it? Came across something called nano emulsion. So a nano emulsion is taking the, the cannabinoid and breaking it down even farther and then encapsulating it with a surfactant and basically making it where now it is water Soluble, soluble, which is what a lot of the drinkables now that we all enjoy, that's what nano, they're doing. You're going to see the word nano emulsion if you go in a dispensary more and more every day until they either come up with something new or it's just... Well, and there are other technologies. That's just the that's just the showstopper right now. Well, Another we were, one will take its place soon. You know, I'm and sure. it was distillate before that because we mm-hmm. infused all of our chocolate with distillate. That was the big thing to have the cleanest, purest distillate. And it's a double-edged sword. The one beautiful thing about our chocolate bars, you can't taste the cannabis at all. I concur. I've tried multiple mm-hmm. different flavors. These are, yeah. uh, these are a connoisseur of chocolate because you're tasting the quality of chocolate that we use. We use all organic and fair trade chocolate, single origin out of Ecuador. Um, I mean, I can pretty much go tell you which tree it came from. Um, matter of fact, I'm flying to Ecuador at the end of the month to go see our plantations down there, meet the farmers again, go through the whole process, secure. That's a fun job. It is, it is a rough job sometimes. So, you know, the one thing that I do appreciate about um, the Nug Bar compared to others is as someone who does consume regularly, daily, the five milligram dose is a little it's less than i want for a work day 10 milligram might be more you know it just Mm -hmm. depends on the delivery but this 6.25 milligrams Mm -hmm. i'm just like for whatever reason that's a nice sweet spot for me Nice sweet spot yeah so i have enjoyed um you know the nug bar is my work day weed and well if you go to back to what i was just saying you eat one of those squares it is 6.25 but how much is actually going to get into your system that's really up to your own body chemistry. I mean, mm-hmm. there's so many factors. Like, what have you been drinking? Have you had water? Are you, you know? Yeah, and your, your genetic makeup. Exactly. So, I mean, pumping gets... up, pumping up the per square, like kind of in the middle there, was what we were thinking there. 
It's a little bit of an odd number, but it really works. And, you know, the other thing too, I don't want to have much sugar. Mm-hmm. You know, I have the the diabetic mm-hmm. genes and so mm-hmm. I'm just really mindful of it. And so, you know, with these, I'll have one square with my coffee in mm-hmm. the morning. So it's like, you know, just a little taste mm-hmm. of something sweet, but it's great. Mm-hmm. And then I think that one of these, it may be the matcha one, is that it's vegan and dairy, which one is dairy free and everything? All my dark chocolate's dairy free. So okay. the dark, the yeah. dark itself, the salted almond, we have a sugar free uh, dark chocolate coming out. It's actually awesome. pretty tasty. I was going to ask you about yeah. diabetic friendly options because was, cannabis is so good for diabetics. But is. you know, whenever the only edibles options they have are sweet, right. I'm just like, come on, people. Well, we are reliant on a lot of other industries to start catching up to us. Mm-hmm. Um, the needs of the chocolate industry wasn't necessarily sugar-free chocolate. That wasn't a big thing. But now because cannabis is medicine and is a health thing, it's like, come on, chocolate industry, catch up. And that's what some of the chocolate purveyors are now starting to realize. Because, for instance, at Nug, we buy three to 6,000 pounds of chocolate a week to keep wow. up. Yeah, we move some chocolate. So when I say, hey, you guys working on anything sugar-free, bada-bing, bada-boom, a few weeks later, I got some sugar-free to taste. Yeah. So, and you can extend those. They yeah. Because your head's tall, but yeah, there you go. Cool. Oh, yeah. well, that's better. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. So chocolate, chocolate's our passion. Chocolate is the flagship of Nug Edibles. Uh, but we've done some really exciting new things lately. Um, the Nug Pops, right? Yes, uh, they're that, super fun. They are super fun. That was my passion project. It took me two years to get those to market. There is a lot of science and math that went into making one ounce of fruit with 20 milligrams of cannabis, 10 milligrams of THC, 10 milligrams of CBD, and a nano emulsion, which are inherently very bitter. Yes, they are. They are, but you can't taste it in our stuff because of some tricks we did and some chef magic. Well, you brought me some and they're in the freezer Mm -hmm. getting ready. So I'm excited to to try it. And I saw it in the store, but I had already purchased some other things Mm -hmm. and I was at my budget. So I was just like, I will soon try you. The Nug Pop should be... um, (laughs) A go-to this summer for sure. I really envision them, you know, it's there's 10 in there. There's five flavors. There's salted caramel apple, blackberry pineapple, raspberry pomegranate, prickly pine, pr- prickly pine, prickly pear and key lime. <laughs> that was a tongue twister. <laughs> <laughs> and watermelon lemonade. They're, they're all great flavors. They're adult flavors. Yeah, they're, and they're fancy flavors. They, well, you know, the chef thing comes out every once in a while. <laughs> and the concept was, and why we launched the um, variety pack to start was we fully intend on doing these individual flavors and some flavors might make it, some flavors might not, but why not give them it all at once? You know, it's kind of like the Netflix theory. You release the whole line at one time, let the let the people decide. Um, they are now. I know from the science perspective, though, that just meant a lot extra work on your part. A lot of extra work. So now I had to <laughs> I had to have five recipes knocked down. I had to have five dosing regimens knocked down. I had to have five, and they're all different densities, and it, the equations go on and on. And I'm uh, very grateful to my. T- I, it's not just me. I have an amazing team. I have a. We're the island of misfit toys, but we're really good at making edibles. <laughs> um, so the Nug Pops are, are, again, you know, my passion project. And I, I designed them. And the concept was for someone like me that had cancer, they could get bioavailability 10 milligrams of THC, 10 milligrams of CBD right away because of the nano emulsion in a small packet. Because like I said before we, were, before we got on the air here, to get the 1,000 milligrams that some patients need right now, they're going to have to eat 10 chocolate bars. That's just insane. 
So how can we get around that and still stay in the regulations? Well, we make it where the 10 milligrams of nano that's in my pop is not the same as 10 milligrams that's in chocolate because of the bioavailability, mm-hmm. because of how much you're going to get. So now I got yeah. one up. Two, you're going to get hit by it faster. You're going to feel that 10, 15 minutes. So now you're going to kind of know where you're at and you can control your dosing. Now, I want to go back to that, though, because, you know, we we said it really fast and we, and we said it from the perspective of a cancer patient mm-hmm. who may be about to sit down and go through their eight hour long treatment. Mm-hmm. So having that 10 milligrams of THC mm-hmm. hit you like potentially 20 milligrams mm-hmm. of THC. Like mm-hmm. if you're not sitting in that chair and you're like out on a hike or you're about to, you know, drive to somewhere, you want to be aware of that. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's one of the things that cannabis lifestyle guide in me the cautionary tale for people right now is know what's going on with these new edibles and you know Mm -hmm. when you're in a dispensary ask Mm -hmm. you know the bud tender you know Mm -hmm. what kind of technology is used in these i think a lot of times you're going to be able to tell because of the price tag that's included you know because you're paying for that technology but Mm -hmm. you know you need to know what the onset is Mm -hmm. of these sorts of things absolutely you do and the one thing i'm doing uh, personally is getting out myself and doing big trainings at these dispensaries to enlighten them on the new technologies on the new developments because if you are a 215 era bud tender you may or may not know. Most bud tenders are pretty in the know. You know, most bud tenders are right on the. They know what's coming up next. They're they got their ear to the ground. But there's a few that don't. They just kind of stuck in their ways. There's like that old mm-hmm. school. I don't want to change thing. Fine, we're gonna enlighten you though because this is better cannabis. This is actual medicine now. This is stuff you can count on. Dosing that you know. You know, it's gonna hit you when you want it to, and it's really fun and it tastes freaking awesome. And I, you know, I want instant gratification. Right. It's similar with alcohol, right? Mm -hmm. And so the Nug Pop has evolved into the world's greatest cocktail mixer. Completely organically. Wasn't intended. We might have started it kind of because we were tasting them and working on them. We didn't always have time to wait for them to freeze. So Uh we just started slurping them. Uh And building a tolerance to nano takes a minute. And so we were part of the reason it took so long to work on the pops is we could only do R&D and development in the afternoons before we we're going to go home because you knew you were going to get schwack. really hot. And you're like, well, <laughs> I'm no longer effective. I need to go home now, you know, yeah. or I need to go sit in the office for an hour until I'm not that high. And it's just a weird thing that's literally part of my day-to-day job yeah. is taste. I mean, I inherently taste things constantly. And when I first started, I made the mistake multiple times. Of tasting too much. And it wasn't because I was trying to get high. It wasn't because I was trying to indulge. I was just trying to guarantee the consistency of my product and learn the different steps and kind of teach myself some things. But oh, by the way, I just had five bites of chocolate and now I'm wasted. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Can we please reschedule the budget meeting? Mm -hmm. Right. And then, you know, (laughs) I I wear many hats and one of them as the department director is I'm in charge of budgets and payroll. And, you know, I've got all these things to manage and buying and, you know, a lot of that. There's a lot going on. So I got to make sure that my eyes are seeing in the middle and not crossed and not crossed. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me what else we've got. The, um, the chocolate bars are out, which there's, um, this mocha crunch milk chocolate, um, super tasty. I'm a big fan. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm excited to try the, the dark chocolate that's Mm -hmm. gluten and dairy free, vegan, Mm -hmm. 66% cacao. Like that's a healthy dark chocolate. That's good for someone Um, like me. It's, it's, it's the dark chocolate is one of our top selling bars for that reason. Um, 
And what I did with it is I got really good dark chocolate and just tried not to screw it up. There you go. Just no, no joke. It's simple, amazing, great base chocolate we bring in. We do our magic to it. We medicate it and we put it into the bar. That's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't want to screw with that one. The other ones that are flavored, you know, the matcha and the mocha. So that's all me doing my thing. But sometimes yeah. simple is really good. Yeah. And this matcha one is white chocolate mm-hmm. and matcha. And right. it's a, a one-to-one CBD Correct. THC, yeah. right? And I, I got on that kick um, about a year ago where I really started realizing that the CBD THC one-to-one combination is the best way for people that want to be active, that want to use cannabis on a, like a get you through the day. Um, the CHC kind of unlocks the door for the CBD to get in and do what it, it needs to do for all the health properties we all know mm-hmm. about with CBD. The THC just kind of acts like the, the doorkeeper, right? Mm-hmm. You get the THC going with an equal amount, the CBD doesn't have to work as hard to get through the door and it can really get into your receptors and do some good. Yeah, THC's the bouncer and mm-hmm. CBD's Mr. Clean. Yeah. And he yeah. comes busting yeah. through there, like cleaning everything yeah. up. And then, you know, uh, <laughs> matcha tea. I mean, it's packed with ceremonial grade green tea from Japan. So that's got, we can go on and ever forever about matcha. So it, it's it's a health focused f- for everyday use. Again, the normalization of cannabis, something that just becomes part of your routine on a daily basis. Just, oh, I take a, I take a matcha square at lunch yep. or something. This, is, this is my morning one nice. that I do mostly because... You know, I do want to have daily CBD as well. Mm-hmm. And so it just kind of diversifies my CBD intake during the day because I yeah. have the, you know, the oil, the sublingual mm-hmm. drops. But then, you know, this with my coffee in the morning is awesome. Right. And then another reason you should buy from real cannabis companies, especially with CBD, is our CBD is real. The CBD you're buying at the gas station may or may not be. There's no regulation to it. And even if there is CBD in whatever product it is, how much they say is in there. And where did it come from? And where did it come from? And does it have heavy metals and pesticides? And, you know, is it full of chlordane and all these other crazy chemicals that are old school that some of this stuff comes from? And, you know, how was it processed? And, you know, what's in it? None of that. Well, and especially when people are needing to take a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And so someone's like, I'm taking a thousand milligrams of CBD. And it's like, if you don't know the source of it, Mm -hmm. then you could have concentrated shit that yeah. you're adding back into your well, body. And they may or they very well may not be taking a thousand milligrams. Well, of that's CBD, true. You know There's I mean? so, yeah, I want to do a show on the CBD packaging right. and the testing that these uninvolved parties that mm-hmm. just took like the top 20, 30 brands and mm-hmm. tested all of them and what the results were. I was just mind boggled yeah. by what I read. Well, the one thing about a nug bar test results are right there. Yeah. We're not hiding from anybody. Yeah. What we did is on the bar. You know, from an independent third-party lab. So those awesome. are called COA stickers. So it breaks yeah. it down right down to the milligram per gram of what's in there. We've got the chocolate. We've got the Nug Pops. Mm-hmm. And then what else have you been working so on? So the next thing is going to be Nug Drops, which is a hard candy line. So hard candy was something I got asked for over and over and over and over. That's finicky to make. It's it's a bugger. It is. It's a, <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't go to the moon because it was easy, right? We went because it's hard. <laughs> and I want to keep doing the things they say can't be done. I know I can make candy. I know I can medicate stuff. All right, let's figure it out. The problem with hard candy is it gets very hot. Cannabinoids change. They manipulate themselves. They Mm -hmm. degrade. They do all kinds of stuff when they get really hot. Problem. Okay. So I kind of had that one on the back burner. 
And I was sitting there one day, and I was pretty high, just chilling on my couch, kind of thinking. And my wife was eating, like, Lifesavers or something. And I thought about it, and I went, huh, what if I did it kind of backwards? Oh, okay. And I tried it, and I tested it, and it worked. A few more tests, a few more batch scales, you know, running some costs. The nug drops are going to drop on April 1st. So it's okay. kind of hard and heavy. So nug drops, if you were going to describe them to a non-medicated something, are we, is it like lemon drop type yeah. thing? Yeah, so the very first one is, is going like? to be a lemon drop, okay. uh, followed by a sour apple and a dreamsicle, orange creamsicle kind of flavor. They're pretty small, you know, they're like a bigger than a, maybe a little smaller than a mento. But okay. they're hard candy and you know, kind of something you can suck on. Um, they are nano-infused, so the bioavailability is there, so you get hit faster. Um, but they are designed, uh, they're five milligrams each. They're designed to get you through the day. There's going to be two lines, one-to-ones and straight THC. So they'll be five and five or just five. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to come 20 to a pack in a nice little tin kind of circu- circular thing that you can throw in your pocket or your purse or your backpack or whatever. Take it wherever you want. Um and they're fabulous. I mean, I'm really stoked on the flavors. I spent a lot of time on the flavors. It's right on. Pretty cool. As far as, you know, me thinking about the low sugar stuff, are mm-hmm. we dealing with low sugar on this or is no, this? No, they this? are traditional okay. made candy. So, okay. you know, it's sugar based. Okay. Um, we haven't tried to do any sugar substitutes. You know, a lot of the problem I have with sugar substitutes is how they're made. And, you know, it's like, yeah, you're taking the sugar out, but what are you putting in? Do really people really want that? I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, like I use date syrup a okay. lot as right. my sugar around right. here. You know, a and I'm that sure stuff, that's hard to, you, yeah. you would take a lot of it well, or something. getting back to the pops, we added no sugar to the pops. There is no added refined sugar. The only sweetness in there comes from the agave we put in it and the actual fruit we used. That's it. Right on. So we, we're big on not adding sugar where we can, but to make a traditional hard candy, there's yeah. really no way around it. I right. mean, you can make... We could make a candy-like thing, but if you popped it in your mouth, you're going to be like, this is not a lemon drop. This is a lozenge. Yeah, or like a chew <laughs> or a, you know, a, not a, not, not yeah. a hard candy. Well, I, that's stuff right. that I would gift people. Right, you know, it's a gift. People it's that a, smoke a lot mm-hmm. and they get that a cotton mouth thing going on, it, something like that. It's that's a, great for them. another step in our mission to normalize cannabis, to give people things and flavors that they understand, that they've already had before, and just blending the cannabis in there and making sure they're educated yeah. on how it works. Yeah, yeah. The normalizing pieces. It's huge. You know, and it makes it easy. It really does. Because, uh, you know, my my parents, like I can give them the mints mm-hmm. and, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah easy. I get it. Low dose. Right. I'm not and, concerned about and, it. Right. And the people that are still have that stigma, oh, you know, I'm, I'm doing something I'm not supposed to, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that may or may not roll up a joint. Yeah. They'll pop a candy, you yeah. know? They'll, they'll, they'll take a, they'll try a popsicle, you know, they'll, they'll have a, a, one of these awesome drinks, you know, yeah. I mean, so tell me, you know, for people that don't live here in California mm-hmm. and they can't get to a nug, mm-hmm. you know, retail location, mm-hmm. which by the way, y'all are doing such a good job across the board. So Thank you've you. procured all of the licenses we have, yeah. so that you can do everything. Yeah. Nug is completely vertically integrated. We control all of our product from seed to sale. Um, to drill it down a little further, we, we grow our own stuff here in Oakland. Everything's done by us, processed by us. So the, our own internal extraction lab makes the distillate, also makes all the concentrates. 
Um, and our concentrates are fabulous. We win award after award. Those guys at the mm-hmm. lab, they really kick ass. Um, I've got some of them in my fridge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, maybe we'll have some after I leave. I got a pocket full. Um, and then they make the distillate, which is the lifeblood of the chocolate. Um, and then from that distillate is what we make the mantle emulsion from. So really the heartbeat of Nug goes through that lab. They send me over incredible ingredients to work with. I mean, you look, it's, it's THC that is so pure and so clean. You can literally read a newspaper through it. It's just, it's like, a, it's like, it's amazing. We'll have to have you out. We'll show you what we'll yeah. Um, I'll read the times. Thing. Yeah. We'll see how much we can take. Um, and so then we process, you know, we make the edibles. Uh, we make our, all of our own pre-rolls. We jar all of our own eights. We, you know, we do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Gets on a Nug truck with a Nug driver, sold by a Nug salesperson, and goes out to the dispensaries. We sell to about 80% of the dispensaries in California currently, and we are opening our own retail outlets. And that's not as a, a knock or we're trying to knock anyone out of the business. We're just trying to A, increase Nug's brand recognition and B, have people accessible cannabis. Our stores are not going to come in and undercut everybody on the Nug prices. We're charging the same. You're going to pretty much pay the same for a Nug bar at a Nug store as you would at our uh, partner down the street because the end of the day, it's 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 a partnership. We yeah. need those dispensers. Yeah, you know absolutely. they 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 need us to give quality product on time and do all the things that a good vendor should. You know promotional things and help them, and we need them to stay in business and keep selling it. It's a win win, right? Yeah. So that's will another- the will the nug stores have um, lounges or any sort of you mean for like on site consumption mm-hmm. where uh, where regulations allow. That's a okay. that's almost on a city by city case yeah. by case okay. basis. Um, of course, we would love to have on site consumption at every one of our facilities. Uh, we don't yet. Okay. Um, some of them, their other licenses, I think do. Uh, I'm not on the retail side as much, so mm-hmm. I'd have to talk to them about it. But um, on site consumption, it, it's it's awesome, but it's also double edged sword because when you get an on site consumption, they tend to kind of put you in a not as fun fun area. You know, because like Nug Wellness in San Leandro is is a a beautiful retail location. I mean, it's like an Apple store. It's gorgeous. I Uh mean, we spent a lot of money. It looks fabulous. They're doing really, really well. And all the products are well displayed. I mean, when you're in there, it's it's a great retail experience. The staff's well trained. Um, you know, Katie and Nico and those guys over there are really doing great and you feel warm and inviting and our staff's knowledgeable and we want we want to normalize cannabis. We want you to feel like, hey, this is my new thing. Those are my new friends. You know, Nug took care of me and you can count on us. And the thing is, sometimes, even though we are completely vertically integrated and have a product in almost every category category of cannabis, we'll sell you somebody else's stuff if we think that's the better fit for you. Yeah. I think maybe you're getting to the location of where mm. that one is. That doesn't have an on-site consumption. It's got Mm-mm. the lounge up front, right. but yeah. um, you're just saying like in order to have that spot on Broadway in 15, mm-hmm. you couldn't have had that spot right. if you wanted a lounge. Less Got likely it. to get okay. the city to do it. You know, and some cities are are fine with it, but I get a lot of it is smoking. And even though personally I'm in the cannabis industry and I don't smoke very often because mm-hmm. of the smoke factor, not anything else except for just the syrup inhaling smoke. Do yeah. dabs, eat edibles, you know, all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. Sure. All day long. But smoking isn't my first choice. Yeah. Smoking has that stigma. And a lot of times when you're going to have on-site consumption, people are going to be rolling up and smoking a joint. People don't want to smell the smoke, whether it's cannabis or tobacco. I get it. Okay. All right. Well, I'll find, I'll find another lounge to go to. I mean, I think that cannabis lounges are on the, on the, the rise and they will happen, but we're going to have to figure out a way to compromise with the smoke. Yeah. And I just want a space that I can go and, you know, like a, a, we work for cannabis kind mm-hmm. of a thing. I want to sure. be able to just 
have my laptop out, be getting work done mm-hmm. and be able to order a cannabis infused right. drink at 420. Right. And instead that, that of, is, you know, having to pack up and yeah. quit working. I think that's in the future. It's going to take yeah. some time. Um, I mean, we've got what, 12, 12 states that are recreational legal now with between the recreational and the medicinal use. It's about half the country, like 36 states, yeah, I think. over half. So it's not going to be long until the feds have to give in. Some of my sources that we're getting say that it's they're they're gearing up for it. Uh, I have some friends that are in law enforcement that have said the VA doesn't even really care about marijuana anymore. Um, and unless it's, you know, a serious like, you know, dudes with AK-47s selling it to schools. Um, and I really think that two, three years, we're probably going to see it where it's normalized, where it's going to be a state decision. I think within 10 years, the hi-fi hops right next to coca-cola is going to be not a big thing you know it's still going to be regulated it's still going to be you know 18 up or 21 and up and that's fine um but it's going to be it's not we're going to laugh about this we're going to have a conversation in 10 years that bump into each other at some event or some somewhere and just be like you remember when we did that show i really believe that's where the industry is going as long as the government locally realizes that we need support regulatory wise to continue business because they have put so many hoops in our way and so many costable things and just so much stuff. Nug, we're a larger company, but even we're taking our lumps. Some of the little guys and like our equity partners, I don't know if you're familiar, but Nug is the largest equity provider in the state of California. We have five incubator companies that work underneath the Nug umbrella we gave them greenhouses. We gave them support, you know, all kinds of stuff. And they're gro- actively growing cannabis on our in our facility. Nice. Well, in our parking lot, essentially. We carved out a whole, cut up a bunch and put greenhouses in there. Um, and we're supporting these local companies. Those are the little guys that are the future of cannabis but may not have a chance to make it if we don't get some of these regulations done. And some of the taxes are, are just a little obscene, you know. Yeah, right now you said what it's uh, – you're paying – you know, out the door, it ends up being what, 30%? Generally, yeah. Um, a product, when it leaves a manufacturer like us, let's just use $10 as a round number, it's going to end up being 30 to 35, maybe 40 on the shelf because there's distribution fees, there's a lot of testing fees, there's the dispensary needs to make their money, and then there's whatever local government tax size tax involved, and that can get kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, one of the things to kind of alleviate some of the sticker shock people have is at Nug, we put on at our dispensaries, we put the outdoor price. So it's not plus tax because a lot of people think, oh, plus tax, seven, nine, 10, 12%, wherever you're from, right? Plus tax in cannabis is a whole new thing. Yes, it is. And, and it, I, I noticed that. I appreciated that mm-hmm. when I saw that. Yeah. And people are like, oh, why are your numbers kind of funny? And it's like, well, because the government, you know, we all got to work together, you know, and the thing is, I'm all for taxing us. Like I like roads and firefighters and cops and schools and things to work and yeah. I'm all about it. <laughs> yeah. So tax us, but tax us at a rate that makes sense and allows the, the companies yeah, to grow. And is reasonable and mm-hmm. allows for people to, you know, fulfill their dream of being in the cannabis space right. and feeding their family. Yeah. I mean, I get asked on a weekly basis, you know, how do I get into cannabis? What do I do? Thick skin, uh, heavily medicated. Heavily medicated, yeah. You know, and I use the old adage, you know, how do you make a million dollars in the wine business? You start with $5 million. That's that's kind of how cannabis works right now, you know? Right. It will flip. It will will normalize. It will stabilize. But, you know, the the black market, because of a lot of the things that we've done to ourselves regulatory-wise, 
it's outselling the, the legal market three to one, sometimes four to one, depending on what stats you look at it, you know, and that's a big number. Yeah. If we can get a ha- big number when we're talking about the tax revenue, billions of dollars worth billions. of cannabis sales in this billions. state. Yeah. So even if you got 50% of the black market to be legal and got that much tax revenue, that's, it's a hum it's humongous. Right. Yeah. And eventually we'll get it all. But you know, right now when you can buy an eighth from your friend down the street for 25 bucks and an eighth from Nug at the Nug stores, you know, 35 or 40 because of all the things we got to deal with. Well, at the end of the day, money's money. People, not everyone has money to burn. Yeah. And, and, you know, I get it. That's actually a good segue. I want you to put your chef's hat back on. Okay. Um, so there are people that can't go and get to one of your lovely dispensaries mm-hmm. to purchase edibles mm-hmm. or, um, or they don't, you know, live in a legal state period. Sure. So what are some tips that you have for people who are, um, making their own butters at home, but their butter or oil or whatever? Do you have any yeah, tips of course, or of like, course. I like to make, um, infused bases for my own stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, olive oil is a great carrier. It's a little limiting because of the smoke point and some of the stuff you can't necessarily like cook stuff with it, but it's great for making like a salad dressing, stuff like that. Making butters and stuff like that is a little bit of an art. Um, if you take the, the cannabis and decarboxylate it, which means you grind it and cook it, so to speak. And there's tons of, just Google it. And yes, and I have a, a great recipe and it's done for someone who is interested in microdosing. And so you're adding it. So I'll be sure and include that recipe in Excellent. these show notes. Perfect. So you would take your decarboxylated bud and I like to put it in cheesecloth and then put That's it in That's what I butter, do. Right? Because there's a lot of recipes that ask you to freeze it and have the water separate and all that stuff. And it's like, man, you end up chewing on a stick, right? Because it is a plant. The other day, it's a beautiful and amazing, fabulous plant, but it's a plant. There's sticks and dirt and whatnot. So I, I put the cheesecloth uh, and tie it in a knot and then soak that in my butter. Steep it for as long as you can. You know, it's one of those things low and slow. You know, 35, 40 minutes an hour is not unheard of. Um, I use a double boiler a lot so I can control the heat even more. I do that too. Um, so if you don't have a, that great of a stove, you're working on an electric stove or it could be in heat, use a double boiler, which basically means putting a pot of boiling water and then a bowl on top of that. And the steam rising will keep, will melt your butter and do the steeping. The advantage to this is water can only go to 212 degrees. If you have a tight seal around with the bowl onto the onto the pot, that water is not going to get more than 212 degrees, which means you're not going to burn your butter and your weed. Yeah. It's controlling awesome. the temperature. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So do that. Then you can remove the cheesecloth. You got that amazing butter. And keep in mind that the more butter you add isn't necessarily a bad thing because if you want to be more of a microdoser, um, as I explained early on, you know, you could, if you use one cup and an eighth, you could end up with 700 milligrams in one cup of butter. Well, if you throw a half of that in a batch of brownies, you're going to get schwacked. My recipe is, you know, that I would use a quarter of mm-hmm. the, of any mm-hmm. butter. Most of the time I would do coconut oil because I always thought it tasted good yeah. with, you know, anything well, chocolatey. It had that little right. and when you're using, coconut you know, in it. Uh, flour, you know, actual bud cannabis, you're going to get all the chlorophyll and all that organic taste. And some of that's mm-hmm. kind of not great. So it's a really good idea to put it in coconut to kind of cover it up. That makes really good mm-hmm. sense. Um, another thing that I always like to do too is get some sort of mold. You know, if I knew I was going to always want to know the amount, like whenever mm. I was baking mm. a lot. And so pouring the the butter or whatever, mm-hmm. coconut oil in a mold and then mm-hmm. throwing it in the freezer really quick and letting it freeze fast mm-hmm. 
and then popping them out and then sure. just having those where you could like throw it in your smoothie mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. that thing is. Yeah. Um, I've gone as far as taking, doing the steeping thing and making like an infused simple syrup, use nice. fresh fruit. So like strawberries when they come in season is one of my favorite things to do. So I'll take, you can take the same recipe we talked about, but instead of butter, you just basically simmer it in water, right? 212 degrees is not going to counter that. You add sugar or not. You don't have to. Um, don't go crazy on the sugar. Use a regular simple syrup recipe. So two to one, two parts water, one part sugar. Add your fruit. Add your cannabis. Get it all going, going, going. Remove all the solids. So strain it out. Now you've got that beautiful juice left that's probably colored from your fruit. Pour that into an ice cube tray. Put it in the freezer. Now you've got a nice little thing to add to a glass of water, to add to a smoothie, to add to cocktails, to add to whatever. It'll just kind of slowly melt and kind of slowly release that cannabis into whatever you're drinking and give it a nice little flavor. And Is there any separation that happens in of that? Course. Okay. That's why I try to, you dilute it in the water. And so the oils hopefully will get grabbed by the, the cube and stay encapsulated. Okay. That's the real simple layman's at home. Term. Right, right, right. If we were, if I was making you ice cubes, we'd be talking nano emotions and yeah, ratios yeah, yeah. of densities. And, right. And be, but we are, we are talking right. about the at home. And I'd be sterilizing edible. the water and there'd be nothing, you know, there'd be blah, blah, right. blah, blah. But I'm talking about at home just for funsies. Mm-hmm. It's a great well, way. Yeah. And I just want people to remember that. So when they see that separation, they understand like, mm-hmm. you know, in its natural form, the way you can make it at home, mm-hmm. it's, Oil and and water yeah, don't, don't they mix. don't mix and Unless, so you yeah. will find that separation mm-hmm. so you either have to shake it up or right but what I find when I do that is that the cannabis oil will bond to the fruit nice and then the fruit that's left over in the ice will kind of hold it all together okay they may not freeze all the way depending on your ratios and how much cannabis you actually got in it mm-hmm. it might be a little bit slushy but it still works to mm-hmm. dole it out however you like yeah. Right on. Any other hot tips? Uh, making cannabis infused pudding. That's one of my favorite <gasps> things. Ooh, do tell. So we're going to go back to similar move, but you know how pudding usually have milk, right? So uh-huh. this is a not as instant quick pudding recipe as it could be. But the milk that you put in, steep your cannabis in that milk before you put it in your pudding. Mm, you just yeah. get a regular yeah, old Jello instant pudding mix and the milk. Mm-hmm. The, the cannabis bonds to that milk. You make your pudding. You portion it out. You're good to go. Um, it's also a great way using that similar technique to getting it into any kind of dessert kind of product. You yeah. can make sauces with it. You can do all kinds of fun stuff that way. Yeah. And I, I do like the idea of having a couple of different infused oils, either, you know, avocado oil mm-hmm. or olive yeah. oil. And then you just have, you know, maybe one of them you have stronger than another one. Sure. And just being able to have my... Mm-hmm just a variety of different yeah. oils to cook with based on whatever I'm making. And one thing I will impress upon, if you are going to try to make stuff at home, it really would behoove you to buy cannabis that's from a legal vendor because it's been tested and you'll be able to know how potent it is. Um, you know, we, we occasionally have flour coming out close to 30 or 33, 34%. That's pretty high. That's very high. Yeah. That was pretty amazing stuff. The other day. <laughs> but then you'll get some lower stuff that's great, but it's like 17, 18%. That's a lot of difference in milligrams. Mm-hmm. So you're not talking apples to apples. So knowing how potent your weed is can really help you with your dosing as well as the taste because not all bud tastes the same. Trust me. Yeah, it's true. And then um, my last hot tip is also when you make something, 
you have to try it first <laughs> and you have to make sure you know how it makes you feel before you offer it to someone Just else. try to not be like me and taste it multiple times <laughs> while you're making it. So by the time that it actually is ready, you have no idea because you're just like, everything tastes great. Let's order pizza. <laughs> well, tell me how people can find Nug online. How can they? Yeah. Well, Nug.com. Um, you can go to our website. It'll also take you to our retail locations. Uh, like I said, we're about 80% of the stores out there. And if we're not, tell them they should carry us because we're damn good at this. That's right. That's right. And um, you, my friend, how, if people want to follow your chef yeah, life, um, how do they? Edibles underscore chef on Instagram. Um, and then if you go to our website and go to the team and you can see my bio and some of my links and email me there. If you have any questions, it's Tyler at Nug. It's pretty easy to find. T-Y-L-E-R at N-U-G dot com. And I'm happy to get back to you and uh, help you out any way I can. All right. Well, Tyler, I really appreciate you hanging out with me today in the studio. Now let's um, have a little Friday afternoon dab. Cheers. Yeah, I'm down. Nug was founded in 2014 and continues to expand and diversify its portfolio, which includes world-class R&D, state-of-the-art cultivation, extraction, and distillation facilities, one of California's largest wholesale cannabis distributors, and the new Nug retail store experience. I feel confident purchasing the Nug brand, and I'm a fan of Chef Tyler's handiwork. You can find Nug products all over California by visiting Nug.com. And now that I think about it, if you're wanting to get in the business of cannabis, I'd check their uh, We're Hiring page, maybe see what's going on there. They seem like they've got their shiz together. All right. On my very first episode of Casually Baked the Podcast, one of my gal pals and I discussed cannabis for diabetics, among a lot of other things. In the three years since we recorded that chat, I've watched the edibles industry deliver healthier options for customers looking for savory or low-sugar edibles. Soul Days is a brand of fruit chews that I love with no added sugar. And there's the Pop-Up Popcorn, a low-dose snack-sized microwave bag of popcorn with 5 milligrams of CBD, 5 milligrams of THC, and 189 calories. You can find infused crackers, jerky, soups, sauces, and condiments. Or get infused olive oil, ready to go, and decide in the moment what food you infuse. Basically, if you don't see what you want on the shelves of your local dispensary, say something. Ask for it. Don't be afraid to ask for what you want. They'll either listen to you or another dispensary or delivery service will. I mean, you have options. And for you at-home bakers, I'm including my personal infused fat recipe in the show notes at casuallybaked.com. It sounds aggressive when I say it like that, infused fat. But what I mean is, it'll be up to you to decide the carrier oil that makes sense for your recipe. Butter, olive oil, avocado oil, ghee, coconut oil, or even milk if you want to try infused pudding, hot drinks, or other creamy creations. Let my casually baked recipe be a guide for you to lean on as you find your own sweet spot. I think the biggest takeaway from this talk is now you know all edibles aren't created equal. So you need to pay attention. Some companies are still making old school edibles with the delayed onset experience that you get from your at-home baked goods. 
But if you purchase edibles from a company like Nug using nanotechnology, you're going to experience a rapid onset of the effects of THC. Where once timing was tricky, now it's on par with other methods of consumption. And with the increased bioavailability, thanks to the new technology, a Nug edible will have a bigger impact than a traditionally infused edible using the same amount of THC. The price point typically reflects the sophistication of the product's ingredients and the technology used to make it. Most certainly read labels carefully, and if you aren't sure, ask your bud tender for help. Their job is to make sure you have a positive experience. So lean in and build your can of confidence. In other but related news... Since the coronavirus is finally full-on in the U.S. mainstream news, I checked out the CDC's website to see what their recommendations are for prevention and treatment. I read a lot about washing hands, not touching your face, and keeping your counters clean. But they say nothing of how to take care of your physical body. So, I'm going to encourage you again to listen to Podcast 123, Coronavirus PSA. The show explains easy and actionable ways you can make sure your immune system is in tip-top shape. And then, go on with your bad self, spreading the good word, and not pesky germs and viruses. And if you're picking up what I'm putting down, then please share the message. It's an exercise in helping our neighbors level up their thinking. We had a hard time. If you learned something new, I hope you'll share this episode with a friend or family member. And if you have ideas, questions, or comments, bring them on. Message me online at casuallybaked.com or DM me on social. I'm at casuallybaked on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Next week, I'm sharing a crossover episode of a new cannabis podcast for you to explore. And if you appreciate what you hear on this show, please rate and review Casually Baked the Podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. One of my favorite recent reviews reads, This podcast? Holy crap, it's so good. So much information packed into all of these episodes. Joe does a great job getting the information out there and making it really relatable, personal, or easy to understand. Yay, thank you, K underscore Hef22. I appreciate the feedback. I'm patting myself on the back right now. And if you out there get value out of the time we spend together, please support my efforts by becoming a podcast patron at patreon.com backslash casually baked. Thanks so much for helping my seedling of a show grow like a weed. Let's keep it going. Puff, puff, pass it on. We had a time together. Casually Baked, the podcast was created, recorded, and produced by yours truly. Editing and sound design are in the capable hands of Arnav Gupta. The podcast theme music is by my highly talented friend, Seth Walker. If you aren't familiar with Seth's music, you can find High Time on his album, Gotta Get Back, wherever you're buying your music these days. I know he didn't create high time for me, but it sure as shit sounds like he did, right? I hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening to today's show. 
To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, my name is Leah Babrudi, and I'm the founder and host of Canachicks Podcast, where I discuss cannabis, psychedelics, and other natural medicines. I not only interview people who use them as treatment for different conditions, but also the entrepreneurs who share their knowledge on how they built their businesses. If this sounds interesting to you, give my show a listen. I'm sure you'll learn something that'll surprise you.